Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. There was a survey in the UK where fifth graders said they were on TikTok almost constantly. If we hope to survive in this digital age, we have to think critically about the messages we consume. Someone created those messages for a reason. Let's find out why. Sometimes we just have to ask, what the media? I'm Megan Lynch, virtual consumer editor at KMOX Radio. I'm joined by media literacy expert Julie Smith in this episode. They see that as their new Google. Anybody can put anything on TikTok. There's no, there's no gatekeeping. So using TikTok for entertainment, I can understand. But for knowledge, oh, that, that scares me. TikTok is wildly popular, but it's come under increasing scrutiny, not only for its influence, but for its potential reach into our personal data. Julie and I talk about the reach of this video sharing platform. What is TikTok? TikTok is a platform where you can consume and create short form video. So SFV is what we call it. And it's so popular that all the other apps are attempting to also use short form video. So now YouTube has shorts, Facebook has stories, Instagram has reels, Snapchat has stories. So that content delivery method is so popular that all the other apps are trying to duplicate TikTok's success. I just signed on to TikTok. Congratulations. Because we may be using it for work. And I was immediately hit with a video of someone gyrating and vulgar music right out of the gate. And so this is my first impression of TikTok as mm -hmm. a user. Mm -hmm. Is that common? I would imagine. And that's interesting that that happened right away because TikTok's algorithms are so good at knowing what you like, what you've watched all the way through, who you've connected with. So they have a real way of knowing what you like. So maybe maybe they really thought that you would want that, Megan. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, did it look for other data on me when I signed up? I'm sure Because I sure don't watch those kind of videos on other platforms. I'm sure it did. And you know, TikTok, I mean, it has its drawbacks, which we'll get to, but it's just like any other app, right? It's, it's how you use it. So I got an air fryer for Christmas. So now I am on air fryer talk. And that's how I find out how to cook things in my air fryer. And it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Now, I'm not, I think that I've kind of trained the algorithm to only show me either dog accounts or air fryer accounts. But if you don't have the algorithm trained, God only knows what you could end up seeing. So when it comes to TikTok, let's talk about the nuts and bolts of who owns it 
and how it how it operates. Yeah, it actually started out as an app called Musically, which was a lip singing app where kids would get on and lip sing to songs. And then it was purchased by a company called ByteDance, and they're based in China. And it became TikTok as we know it. Now, the TikTok as we know it here in the United States is very different than the TikTok in China, which we'll get to in a minute. But it absolutely took off. And I have referred to TikTok in the past as short attention span theater because that's what it seems like. The videos are not long, and they absolutely cater to our desire to be entertained constantly and our short attention spans. So who's the main demographic for TikTok? Kids. Absolutely. Um, In fact, TikTok has 80 million monthly active users in the United States. 60% are female. 40% are male. 60% of them are between 16 and 24. And a quarter of them are between 25 and 44. So it's mainly people under 44 and predominantly female. But that is where they are living now. In fact, there was a survey in the UK where fifth graders said they were on TikTok almost constantly. I always assumed that it was the dance videos because that's what I see a lot of people post was just people doing the dances and things like that. But it is really so much more. What what else is on there? It's so much more. And the, the viral dance videos are so popular. And it's funny because when when a viral dance is happening and you get on, you just see examples of that over and over and over again. But what I think is so interesting, and as you mentioned, now news organizations are starting to broadcast or starting to produce content on TikTok. It's it's almost like um, kids, what research is telling us lately is that a lot of teenagers are using TikTok as a search engine. So they will search for terms, and if that term is in one of the TikTok videos or in a hashtag used by one of the TikTok videos, then they see that as their new Google. And, you know, Google has its drawbacks, but anybody can put anything on TikTok. There's no, there's no gatekeeping. So using TikTok for entertainment, I can understand, but for knowledge, oh, that, that scares me. Well, and I have had conversations just in the last couple of weeks with other parents who have said, my child said this to me about something going on. And we had to go back and ask, where did that information come from? Mm -hmm. And then search for the factual information because it was so outlandish. And obviously no one else was reporting it. That's disturbing to me. Especially because kids are on TikTok primarily. You know, TikTok, uh, kids aren't listening to KMOX. Kids aren't reading the New York Times. (laughs) This is where they live. So if... Conspiracy theories and false information thrives on there. It's going to be very easy for the kids to believe it because that TikTok is their God. Well, and during the pandemic and just shortly after, you remember the TikTok challenges. Everybody was so alarmed about those. And Mm -hmm. as kids got back into school, there was the TikTok challenge. What were they doing? Something in the bathrooms. They were pulling uh, paper towel or soap dispensers off the walls. NyQuil chicken. Oh, yeah. I the forgot Ni- about the, NyQuil chicken. The, the NyQuil chicken. And I have this hunch, too, that if maybe the news didn't report about the quote-unquote challenges, they would kind of go away. Because when you start reporting about them, then parents are like, oh, and then we start searching. And then the search, the search instances for those phrases go way, way, way up. Julie, our listeners may remember a media minute that you did not too long ago about TikTok and how it's different in China than it is in the United States. Tell us more about that. This fascinates me. So the version of TikTok that is downloaded outside of China is very different than the version within China. In China, if you are 14 and under, you are limited to 40 minutes a day. 
And the videos that you are shown in China, if you're under 14, are fitness videos, videos about science experiments, videos of, of like, trips to museums. And there is some Chinese propaganda thrown in, of course. But if you ask a 14-year-old in China what they want to be when they grow up, they say astronaut. And if you ask a 14-year-old here in the United States, they say influencer. And so it doesn't take a genius to figure out what this looks like 100 years from now. Because what, what concerns me, and I spend a lot of time in schools doing social media workshops, the kids are like zombies. And, and I typically am an apologist for social media platforms because I think they have so many great qualities that, that tend to get ignored. But the more I see the, the kids consuming these TikTok videos constantly, it, it concerns me. And I'm typically not as concerned as I am today about this. You use the term constantly. And I would say as a parent, I see my kids doing this. Mm -hmm. Well, I only allow one on it right now that's old enough to be on the platform. And it is what's in front of them all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, in China... In China, it's very different. The app will shut down after 40 minutes. Oh, which, kids in the United States would freak. <laughs> <laughs> they would. They would. So it's very, it's much more controlled in China. But I think it's, um, I understand why they do it. And I think it's actually brilliant and terrifying all at the same time. Let's talk about some of the things going on in the United States when it comes to investigations into what TikTok is doing. Why are there so many concerns about privacy and data surrounding TikTok? Especially when it comes to national security. It's been in the news that a lot of states are outlawing or banning the download of TikTok onto state-owned devices. And a lot of that refers to what's in TikTok's terms of service. They can track our IPs. They can uh, record our voices. They keep track of our fingerprints. There's bi even biometric data that they keep track of. And it's been really interesting. It came out in the news a couple days ago from Forbes magazine that TikTok was actually investigating journalists to see who had been talking to TikTok employees to see who was leaking. And the way that they investigated the journalists is they got the IP location because you, when you, when you are on TikTok, you are letting the app know exactly where you are. So they got their IP location and was able to determine which journalists were in the same proximity as TikTok employees so that they could find out who the leaker was. And I guess it was Forbes and New York Times at least were two of the. Yes outlets that had reporters that were tracked as that it were, were tracked, by TikTok. right. And so I understand like, that makes sense why the military is not allowed to have TikTok on their devices um, because they're, they're so easy to track and find. What about our data? There have been concerns about how much of our data might be stored on servers in China. Right. And TikTok can say that they don't do anything with our data, but it's a law in China that technology companies, if they are asked to share information with the Chinese government, they are required to do so. So they can say that they don't do anything with our data, but of, but of course they do. And it's not that they collect any more data than any other app. It's just that um, with the Chinese government and the relationship they have with our administration, it makes it seem a little fishy. I, I know they have, TikTok has said that they are moving Americans' data uh, to Oracle that Oracle will be handling the storage of that. And, and also the federal government had the ban that they enacted on um, downloading it onto federally owned devices. Will it get to the point, do you think, I mean, it's been introduced that 
the United States would just ban use of TikTok altogether. Or that they will ban Google and or Apple from selling or from having it on their app platforms. Um, I think that if I was Google and Apple, I would fight that really hard because it makes me money. Gotcha. No. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be very interesting to see if they if the government attempts to ban do a blanket ban across the United States. Other apps would probably pop up in its place. And like we mentioned earlier, so many of the other platforms have short form video options that I think would would fill up that void. One of the things that I've heard about TikTok is that the algorithms are a little bit different um, compared to maybe some of the other social media sites. Talk about how the algorithms work for anyone that gets on to TikTok. There's a quote that was in uh, the Wall Street Journal from a, an article called TikTok Stratospheric Rise, Stratospheric Rise in Oral History. And here's what one of the employees said. The algorithm learned what type of content each individual person wanted to see based on how much time they spent watching or lingering over specific videos. The more time users spent on the app, the better TikTok got at feeding them. And I really think that that's an interesting word choice. Feeding us. Kind of like we're rats in a lab, right? Hitting that lever to get that special treat. And I don't know enough about algorithms to talk about the difference between TikTok's algorithms and other platforms, but I, I have read enough to know that theirs is more powerful than the others and more likely to give us exactly what we want. I know NewsGuard had done a study of some of the videos that showed up on there, including the purported video of the execution of a Russian deserter by the Wagner Group. So I'm thinking if you have a teenager who's trying to find information on, let's say, the Ukraine-Russian conflict because they're becoming aware of world events, how likely is it that that might pop up in their feed? I think it'd be very likely, especially if they do a search and in in that post has any of those relevant hashtags attached to it. Um, but at the same time, you're also likely to come across disturbing stuff on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, even on a Google search. So we can't pick on TikTok for that specifically. When it comes to young people who are, you mentioned, were predominantly using this platform, there's been another lawsuit that's been filed just in the last week against social media companies for mental health concerns for young people. Is that an avenue to try to get some control over the content on these platforms? As long as Section 230 exists, which is a part of the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which states that platforms are not legally responsible for anything posted on them by a third party, as long as Section 230 exists, I don't think those lawsuits have a chance because the Section 230 basically says that these platforms aren't responsible. Now, could they do more? Absolutely. Why don't they? Because if we are angry, if we are sad, if we are upset, we are more likely to spend more time on the platforms and then they make more money. So there's no incentive for them to clean up, I'm using air quotes, to clean up these platforms because the more upset we are, the longer we stay online. What the Media is produced by Odyssey St. Louis from the studios of KMOX Radio. I'm Megan Lynch with Julie Smith. Our executive producer is Beth Coglin. We invite you to visit KMOX.com for more on our media literacy project. Baseball 
is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 